For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, friend. Angie Austin here along with the good news gals, Cindy, Monique, Michelle, and Jennifer. And, you know, a lot of times we'll, you know, they'll introduce themselves as they speak because I know we have a big group. But, hey, it's fun. It's like a conversation. It's like sitting down with your friends for some coffee. And we have the male perspective as well because we have producer Dave here. And uh, producer Dave is going to uh, start us off with a little good news story. And we're going to continue a conversation we started last week. And it's about, you know, middle school is weird. And uh, three of us of the five have kids in middle school and uh, Jen, you mentioned, even though your son now is uh, 20 uh, almost, mm-hmm. that he was picked on in school because he was short. Michelle, one of your daughters, is very tall and sometimes singled out for being very tall. And I was mentioning that my son was saying there was a table where he has to sit sometimes at lunch where no one will talk to him. And sometimes they'll even say, like, shut up. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Nobody cares. And so uh, he was having a tough week last week. But then there's a table where it's great, you know, and then he has friends and he talks and blah, blah, blah. And so there was an article that came out about um, embracing being an outsider and that many of the billionaires you know so well now that they were outsiders. So we'll have that discussion in a minute. And also parenting, that that helicopter parenting. And what was the mountain phrase you used, Dave? Well, he said, uh, so old parenting is when you have children, you give them the skills to scale a mountain. So that when they grow up, they can do it. Now, in modern parenting is, I'm going to remove the mountain out of your way so you never have to worry about climbing a mountain. And I think it kind of goes in. You guys were talking last week about the types of things that you want to protect your kids from. Yeah, bubble wrap on. How movies sometimes have these things. And you're like, ah, you want to protect them from that every time. And I mean, it's completely understandable where that comes from. But uh, we really need to give our kids this more of of the skills to navigate life rather than, than to just lead the way for them. Now, this story involves, this good news story involves a judge, and the judge involves, like, So it's kids? a traffic court judge, and what he does is, I've, this is the third one I've seen like this, um, and he'll pull, if somebody who's defending themselves in traffic court, and they're, uh, they have kids with them, he'll oftentimes pull the kids up, which is a place where you want your kids to have the right skills, uh, <laughs> because he pulls them up and he asks the kids to help him decide what punishment... Their parents will get during traffic court. And so it's kind of fun, little cute little thing. And this judge is, he seems like such a nice guy. And, you know, he wants to help people, but he's also a judge. So, Who's the little guy with you? Yeah, my son, Jacob. Say hi. Hi, young man. What's your name? Jacob. Jacob? Come up here. See if you can help me out. I am having trouble with this case uh, because I have situation where your dad is charged with parking on a street up on the east side and I have three choices I can fine him $90 I can charge him $30 or I can charge him nothing what do you think I should do 30 30 <laughs> have, uh, have you had breakfast yet 
No. Well, I suppose I make a deal with your dad, okay? Uh, and the deal is that if you take you out for breakfast, then I'll dismiss the ticket. What do you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> like that? Now, I want you to order up a pretty good, I want you to order a lot of stuff because he's going to be saving 30 bucks. Is that a good deal? Yeah, just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> All right, thanks for helping me out. Aww. <laughs> that judge puts a lot of uh, uh, videos up. He's got right. a, uh, He's a, like a common sense judge. It's interesting because, you know, oftentimes if you try to use some common sense in court, sometimes you can get called out for you know, behavior. That one was very simple, but I saw one where he was really kind to a teenager who'd made a mistake. And uh, sometimes a red light or I saw him with yeah. this immigrant guy who was speeding a little bit. It's, this is my favorite video with this guy because he was this immigrant from Jamaica or something, and he was speeding, and he's like, I know I was speeding. I was just trying to get there really fast. And he's like, I feel like you are really feel sorry, so have your son come up. And he got him out. He, like, let him off on this ticket. It was really cool. Like, you don't see judges like that often. Yeah, the second chance judge, they should call him. All right, so – uh, in terms of the article that you were talking about, I interviewed an expert about embracing being an outsider, and they call her the academic entrepreneur. And so she found this idea very interesting about embracing being an outsider. And many of the people, like the Bill Gates types, they were the nerd, the outsider. But as parents, we want to protect our kids from being like left out. I wasn't necessarily picked on I just didn't, when I moved, particularly in high school and started a new high school in a new state, I didn't know anyone, and we were poor, and I worked seven days a week for seven years and uh, all through high school and college. So I didn't really have time to go to any games or any sports or do anything fun or join, like, a sorority or be, you know, in a sport because I didn't have the time because I had to make a living and I had to pay for school and buy my books and get a car and buy my clothes. So I wouldn't say that I really had friends the first year and then I had a very small group of friends it was like three girls and I thought and then my husband he wasn't popular and he went to a private school that his parents paid for all through you know K through 12 mm -hmm. and uh, he wasn't he was picked on because he had gigantic ears and he um, they would flick him from behind you know flick his ears and it was an all-boys Catholic school so he didn't have a girlfriend either and so we thought well wait a second we we weren't popular we didn't I mean there were times when I was but definitely not in high school because I didn't really know anybody so it would really hurt my kid to not be popular. Would it really hurt him if he didn't have friends at lunch and people at this table where he sits sometimes don't talk to him or they're mean to him? Would it be like a horrible thing? But I also think you have to be sensitive to, I said, if you want to change schools next year, because there's another school that we can go to, you can go there. And I said, if things ever got really bad, we could homeschool you. If you ever, if you ever felt like you couldn't take it anymore, you come to me. And my husband's like, homeschool? We're not homeschooling. And I said, look, a lot of kids feel there is no way out when they're being bullied. I want my kids to always know I am here for them and there is a way out. And the way out is not for them to do anything rash because some of these kids feel trapped. And some of these like single moms or dads or like maybe they're in circumstances where they can't afford to pull their kid and go to a different school and they're stuck being bullied in a school where they feel trapped and they think the only way out is to end their lives. So I would never want my kid to think there were no other options if they were severely being picked on, which he's not right now. And it's you just got to think about how important everything seemed to you in high school. Or middle school. I think, Things that Michelle, didn't even mean you anything. you told me you think middle school is worse. From what I hear, middle school is the worst thing you can possibly experience. Because they can't Education. bond over sports or clubs the same way. Well, I feel like you find you're going to have a better chance of finding your people in high school, which yeah. is why I cannot wait for Lauren to go to high school next year because I think she's going to just have her... 
her people. She's going to find people that have the same passions that she does. Um, and they just have more in common. They'll be like, what are you doing? Well, you know, we're both going to practice after school because that's what we do. Yeah. Not like, you know, some people just don't have, really have the same schedule and they can't relate to her lifestyle and she can't relate to theirs. Well, let me show you what, uh, t uh, this is what Cheryl Lentz, uh, the ont academic entrepreneur, ha said about this uh, article uh, about embracing being an outsider, which is a hard concept to teach your kids if they are being left out because they all want to conform. And she said, uh, you know, each week, Angie, I try to focus on something that's in the wind. And this week, the topic seems to be the idea of fitting in, as specifically as an adult. It seems that everyone simply wants to fit in. We can look at the explanation of Maslow's hierarchy of needs as the reason behind this psychological need. We all remember in high school uh, with the idea of being in the in crowd or the outsider crowd. There were books we studied in high school about the idea of being a loner, like Catcher in the Rye. Decades later, the focus still is on the need to belong where the focus is on bullying. The challenge be, it seems to be, why is being an outsider such a bad thing? In society, we seem to find comfort of being in the in crowd because being an outsider is a path less traveled, lonely, or is it? And then they talk about the in crowd used to be captain of the football team, head cheerleader, head of the debate club, star of the spring musical. The goal was simple, not easy, simply trying to carve out a place in the world in this hierarchy where you're a little bit higher in the hierarchy. Yet, isn't it curious that decades after high school, the socially awkward, the class clown, the nerds, many of these people are the success stories. Herein lies the purpose to not be afraid of being an outsider. The big success stories such as Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, the outsiders in high school and in their early years simply were able to see opportunities that others could not that came oftentimes from being an outsider. Hmm. I agree. I agree. I know a lot of people from my high school, like the captain of the football team, is fat and bald and alcoholic now. <laughs> and the girl who starred in the spring musical got pregnant when she was a teenager and lives, you know, in the same next door to where her grandma lives and, you know, never went anywhere. And so, but all those awkward other people, like, travel the world and kind of see things and kind of the outsiders do that, right? But then I think a lot of those stereotypes are are kind of turning on their ear because, you know, you think kind of classic bully guys, the guy with the letterman jacket who's big and strong, he's on the football team. But now that's the guy who's out doing charity work on the weekends, you know, and so I mean, it does it's vary, all turned on their course, side. Of course, of there's course. people and all I, over yeah. the place. But A lot of what you said rang true to me immediately, but it does vary. I feel like the, um, the kids of nowadays are just a little bit more diverse in the things that they can do. I don't know. I feel like growing up, like I was a, I was an athlete, and I just prided myself on being a jock, and I really did not care about school. I did the minimum to get by, and I look at these kids now. You know, a lot of, I see a lot of them doing so well at everything. They well, they do great in school. They do well on the court. They, you know, they're a good person. That the teachers think are great people, and I think they're just a little bit more um, diverse in like what they can bring to the table as opposed to people 20, 30 years ago. I think that these kids are trying to be more of a complete person. And I, I think it's weird that you're here, Monique, because I, I feel like a lot of these kids, they had parents who were also athletes of some kind. And I think they're doing a really good job of teaching them that that's not enough. Like you need to be a, a total person. Yeah. And, and that was something that we went through with Andre's 
transition. And, and I, just as a side note, Michelle's, um, the father of her kids, was a professional basketball player. And so her kids are all athletes. And Monique's husband played in the NFL. And their three kids, they each have three, they're all athletes and students. Yeah, and great, great students. Great students. My, my um, oldest daughter, she started earning college credits. And she was dual enrollment. Um, at the Community College of Aurora when she was a freshman. And then my middle daughter, same thing, AP classes. And so they're um, very great students, and she's been offered athletic scholarships as well as academic. Already? Already. Wow. And that's something that we taught. She's a junior. That's something that, that we instilled in them, and Andre grabbed a hold to it once he started going through his transition it was like you transition know, I, leaving the nfl le- leaving the nfl and i constantly had to tell remind him andre you're more than just a football player yeah you're more than than just an athlete you know the nfl is not the total package and you have to grab on to andre davis as a whole instead of andre davis as an athlete or a football player or nfl player and that's something that we instilled in our girls like you're you there's there's more than just one side to mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and andre and he really, like I said, grabbed a hold to the whole do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That was a scripture that God gave him five o'clock one morning going through his transition. And I always told my girls, you know, we're not to be conformed to this world. Be your own person and you hone into that spiritual side and really ask God, Lord, what would you have? for me in this life and allow God's plans from heaven to align on on earth so that you'll become the woman that God created you to be. And that's just something that I always my grandmother instilled that into me. And I'm I'm an outsider, you know, in my own family. And it's like you you think you're you know that I'm like a Bible thumper and even though my my family, my grandmother was a pastor and we come from a family of pastors and it's like you know, you 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 think you can do wanna do everything right and everything by the Bible, so that makes you every well that's the life that I choose to live. So if if that makes me an outsider, then so be it. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. You know, and it's interesting growing up here in Colorado. It's and Jennifer. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, growing up here in Colorado and our son, you know, he was at a 5A top high school public, but, you know, very, very sports driven. And he wasn't an athlete. He wasn't. I mean, he he did. He. I mean, he lettered in tr- cross country or in tra- or yeah, cross country. And um, he decided his junior year of high school to play football. And this is a kid that didn't even watch football. My husband and I, we were huge Bronco fans, and we'd be like, Chris, Broncos on. So, so when he he decided to join the team, and. I got him football for dummies, super smart. He read it in uh, like a day. He's like, okay, I'm good. I got this football thing down. And I'm like, uh, no. Well, my nephew, you know, 20 Levi, pounds. he started in high school too when he got a, a college scholarship. 
and then he got there and he started playing. So he started late too. And I, Andy, uh, Michelle, uh, you know, the father of your kids, he told me he started playing when he was 15 basketball. And yeah, then I, to play I think pro. he was 14. But and yeah, he, it, he started very late. And yeah. so it, it is possible, but he, is, he was tiny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was 120 pounds. Yeah. And, and that was like after a shower with all of his clothes on, wet, wet hair, <laughs> exactly. and his shoes, and, and his socks. And everything. And his and his, all of his clothes were wet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, he was, he was little. But Not he was now, bullied. but he, he was, was bullied, you know. But but Ugh. for him, I think that bullying, um, and and also my husband's diagnosed with ALS diagnosis, it, it it's all formed him. It's all shaped him. God has allowed all of these things to have happened in Chris's life to make him the amazing man that he is today. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard as a parent. Um, you know, he came home with black eyes and he never told us that he was being beat up. He never told us those things. And then later, after he became a Marine, went back to the high school and he was looking good in there. I mean, he was like walking proud and he's like, yep, this is what I've done. You guys didn't, you know, didn't treat me right, but this is what I've done now. And then just, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he, he won uh, first place in a bodybuilding competition. And I'm just so proud that he is who God intended him to be now. And he's like finally getting into his skin at 20 almost. So, um, it, but, you know, just like Monique said, we always keep telling him, we want you to be the best Chris that you can be, not somebody else's. What What is God's plan for you? What is God's will for you? That's where we want Chris to thrive. And it's not what we want necessarily. You know, it makes sense, though, that the outsiders would be able to trailblaze and kind of do because you're not limited by the group think of all the people that you're in with. Yeah. So if you're one of the outsiders, you're li only a little bit limited by what you're willing to limit yourself to. And so that's why people like Branson or Elon Musk or whatever, they go above and beyond where anyone ever thought you even could. I mean, Richard Branson just made his own, you know, uh, a space shuttle company right? like that's unbelievable but you know and so those people that have been left out they don't they're not limited by all these other people telling them what they can't do yeah. which i totally it's makes fuel. sense yeah exactly yeah um, and again we're just talking about you know letting our kids or you know even we as adults embrace being an outsider uh, because oftentimes people who are able to do that and do it successfully do meet with success and are able to troubleshoot and brainstorm and find uh, ways through things. And I think that sometimes as Christians, we're outsiders. And if there is a big, you know, there's a stream and a big boulder in it, rather than figuring out like, well, okay, you know, just giving up, there's a boulder in the way, can't get through there. You know, figuring out the way to get around it and teaching our kids those trouble uh, shooting skills and problem solving skills. Uh, so, yeah, it's an interesting topic because I think as parents, we, um, we don't want to protect our kids from hurts, but some of those hurts are what make, you know, make them develop into decent people. And we're not just trying to get them into college or into a good job. We're trying to get them into heaven, too, you know, and so becoming Christians and being the best people that they we could you know they can be i was trying to explain to my kids what it meant to be a christian and that you know you accept christ as your savior and that you know you're forgiven for your sins and you don't get into heaven through good works but you still want to be the best person you can be you want to you know get up to heaven and be proud of your uh, deeds your accomplishments your behaviors you know so it's a tricky thing to teach kids mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and regarding the, the other topic you were talking about uh about how we went through things also as a kid but you really weren't talking to your parents, you know, like they just, things just happen and you didn't go home and tell your parents 
every single thing that happened. I sometimes did. I really well. Sometimes I wonder if like I've asked Andy like, are we are our ears too wide open? Are we listening to too much because they tell us everything? And there's so many issues, and I'm like, are we making it worse because we're open to see, you know, to hear everything, or could they be better off with us saying, well, you know, these things happen, and sometimes you got to tough it out. Like, it's kind of a, it's hard to find that happy medium because sometimes yeah. I feel like she's all, you know, there's always some issue because she knows we're gonna listen to it. Yeah. Whereas she's not like, you know, I'm just gonna handle this. Yeah. I'm gonna take care of this. I'm gonna fix this problem by myself or deal with it myself that's interesting that is an interesting uh topic to you know wrap our heads around i think we have to listen but i think sometimes we do have to say let's wait this out let's see what happens tomorrow give me an update and not you know jump in and try to solve every problem Mm -hmm. all right this is the good news you can find my website if you want to reach any of the ladies or ask any questions or give any suggestions angieaustinradio.com Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Come to any of the YMCA of the Rockies locations to fill your days and nights with our exciting and educational programs and activities. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we put Christian principles into practice with our fun and informative programs. And our facilities are located in stunning environments that help build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. We also provide conferences of a religious, educational, or recreational nature. And we specialize in offering traditional summer camping experiences for boys and girls. At the YMCA of the Rockies, every season brings affordable fun and excitement for the entire family. YMCA of the Rockies has locations near Winter Park, Rocky Mountain National Park, and Grand Lake. Go to ymcaoftherockies.org. Whether you are looking for adventure, a better way to connect with your family, or just a relaxing stroll, we can set you on your way. That's ymcaoftherockies.org. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Angie Austin here with the Good News Gals. So you've all been uh, looking at the I Am Second website, which I think is so cool. It's not my website. It's uh, a website that shares testimonies. Jen, you like it? Love it. Very Love inspirational. It. Cindy, you listened to three last night. I listened to three or four. and just Testimonies. Pow- exactly. And just powerful uh, women, men sharing their hearts, sharing their life story, and sharing Brutally how- honest. Brutally yes. honest and real, and how God has become 
first in their lives and they have become second. And that's why, yeah, they're second. Mm -hmm. And Monique, you listened to one that we had on the show that we shared, which was Miss Kay from Duck Dynasty. Was she not amazing? She was so amazing. I, I love that. And I, I just, it just resonated with me. I let my husband listen to it and just him going through his transition. I remember the, when my husband played for the Cleveland Browns and he was going through some politics with the team and he called me on his way home and it was the middle of the season and he was like, we're leaving. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, where are we going? He's like, we're going to Miami Beach. And I'm like, what he's like we're going on vacation i can't take this so when he I, when he i was talking to him but i had walked in the driveway so when he pulled in i could embrace him and pray with him hmm. and mind you both of us grew up in the church all our lives and and prayer and and god is something that we always put at the forefront of our lives and when he pulled up and he, I was like, let's pray. And he was like, I don't want to pray. And I stood back from him and like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, God is going to strike you down oh, right now. And the the was, encouraging wife, there she was in the driveway, yeah. ready with her words of encouragement until he said, I don't want to pray. And so it, it just resonated with me because there were times where, you know, especially after that bad concussion where he missed, you know, the rest of the season at Cleveland I could just see a change in, in him mm. mentally and there were times where he didn't want to go to church and I still took the girls and I went to church anyway and good for you and yep. you know he 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 got it together and came around and but in Miss Kay's situation that you related to her husband pulled away literally left her at one point and then now here they are all these years later he's such a strong Christian and so check that uh, out. We're going to share actually another well-known person's testimony and not all the testimonies are famous people quote unquote on mm -hmm. the website but part of what the good news does we want to share good news stories from the world and the news business but we also want to share the good news of Christ and the Bible and this is Kathy Lee Gifford who's been very outspoken about her faith recently we lost Billy Graham and uh, she credited him with uh, being her best friend and she also you know brought her marriage with Frank Gifford back onto the train tracks after he was caught publicly cheating and a lot of people in the world were like well she's got to leave him he cheated so she has to leave him and they got their marriage back together mm -hmm. and they got back on track she forgave him and they received counseling uh, heavy Christian counseling and to me that was an example of a wife who really used her faith to uh, you know forgive and so here is uh, Kathy Lee Gifford and we'll probably stop in the middle and discuss uh, her testimony All I ever wanted to be my entire life was to be an actress and a singer. I remember as a little child, my earliest memories of, I think I came out of the womb with a pratfall. I wrote a letter to Walt Disney when I was like six years old. And I said, I know you love Annette Funicello, and I know you love Haley Mills, but you really need to meet me. <laughs> I was a very audacious little girl, and I said, I'm known for my expressions. I was already me then. I was already me. I just had a, um, a lifetime ahead to discover how to express it. I was born in Paris, France, but I grew up in Maryland. My dad had three different jobs. My mom sold eggs door to door, so it's not as if I grew up with privilege. 
but I was privileged to have parents like I had. I hated it when my mother called me in to do homework or my father came to find me because I was, I was putting on shows. Years later, as a 12-year-old girl, I walked into a movie theater to see a movie called The Restless Ones. It was the first movie that the uh, Billy Graham organization had put out. And I remember when the movie was over, there was a sort of an altar call. Would anybody like to come forward and give their life to Jesus? And I couldn't get up fast enough. My brother says, whoa, 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 you're not going to. I said, well, then you better take me. You better go with me because I'm going down there. I'm going down that aisle. It was the greatest decision I ever made in my entire life. I've been working in the entertainment field since I was 10 years old. To be a young woman in that business is brutal because of the rejection. And it's nonstop and it's boom, boom, boom. I got ripped one time on an audition for Charlie's Angels. And I'm sitting there and the casting agent goes, well, let me just tell you right now why you're not right for Charlie's Angels. I go, okay. And she goes, we're looking for a pretty girl. And then she said, and a, a this and a that. And it was like getting beat. But, you know, just hit him to the left, hit him to the right. As I was walking out the door, I leaned back in and I went, when you're casting a cartoon, let me know. And I left laughing. That God made me that way. Spotlights are tough because some people die under them. I came to life under them. I, I remember I went to a, a school once that I was very, very unhappy in because I felt like I was trying to be cookie cutter. They were trying to make all of us look alike, sound alike, think alike. And I said, that's the exact opposite of what God wants us to do. God wants us to s sing our own song, write our own story, put on our own show. That's the joy of living. I, don't, I may admire another person, but I don't want to be that person and miss out on being me. That's the adventure of a lifetime. I've been in the desert as many times as I Okay. If you're just listening right now, you're just joining us, that's Kathy Lee Gifford. We're sharing her testimony on that fantastic website, I Am Second, is where you'll find these amazing testimonies. I just want to stop it there because a couple of things stood out to me. Just the rejection in Hollywood and having lived there and worked, working for NBC and I worked for Extra and Burbank and I lived at the beach and drove the you know convertible Porsche, lived in the oceanfront penthouse, but I'd come there from low-income housing. So I'd come there from you know nothing, basically, and that whole being in the spotlight, she says some people die under the spotlight. And when she said that she went to a place, a school, where people wanted her to be a cookie cutter, and God wants us to sing our own song, that's the joy of living. And I think back to when I was a news anchor, one of the problems I had when I did news and weather for big networks is they wanted me to be a cookie cutter person. And one time they said, don't try to be funny or make jokes, just give the weather and then toss back to the anchors. I said, well, what if they ask me a question or say something? Just tell them you'll get to them later. Just toss back. And I thought, you know, if you want somebody that has no personality, then you hired the wrong person. That I've always really been myself. And I'll never forget one of the anchor women I worked with uh, saying to me, well, my agent told me to be vanilla, that most people like vanilla, if you, ice cream, and that, you know, some people, their favorite's chocolate, some it's pistachio, some it's butter pecan, but everybody is okay with vanilla. And I thought to myself, that's the last thing I ever want to be on earth is vanilla, because the only thing that allows me to breathe is to be myself. I have to be real. I have to be transparent. Mm -hmm. I have to make you laugh or whatever it is I want to say, I'm going to say it, that I can't be filtered. And why be a fake person on TV? At least I knew if I was really myself on TV and on the radio, 
radio, then later, my second career, that if you didn't like me, you truly just didn't like me. I didn't want to be rejected for being a fake person. I actually wanted to be authentic. And that's what I'm hearing from Kathy Lee Gifford, who, by the way, I think Jesus is the to be credited with. Like, think about it. Her career was over after Regis and Kathy Lee, and she's back bigger than ever on you know, NBC, like reinvented. She and Hoda have a very successful show. Yes. I very much admire her for how she stood her ground, especially in the face of when her husband publicly cheated on her and she stayed with him and made it work. And she was back on TV within a day or so of him being unfaithful, and it was caught on tape and went viral at a time before things were going viral. What Angie, the... I just, this really resonated with me as well. It's like God made made me that way. She said, you know, I was already me. We are already all of us. And I think we're so beaten down by society. And I think it's amplified when you're in public spotlight and, and this, kids at school already oh. telling, be the same, be the same. Yes. Somebody told my daughter she was different. She said, is that bad? Yeah. I said, no. It's great. Stay who you are. I, I had a lady that I worked with in my business, and she was like, you're so weak. You're so emotional. You're so, you know, and I, for and it, it hurt me, and, and it took me aback, and I it took me a while. And now I embrace my emotionality. I mean, that's who God made me. I can't, like, not cry at things. It's not a fake cry. Just like you said, we have to be our authentic selves. Right. And if you're not a crier, that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that. yeah, I it just, this really, uh, love Kathy Lee. Mm. Me, too. Love, love what she had to say. I think in all of our businesses, in society, in role model structure, um, we are put in a box, mm-hmm. and the box is is makes it easier and acceptable. Yep. Um, and we I, see people that way. You're in a box. You do that when I, when I wanted to you, anchor. They're like, "Will you do weather?" I'm like, "Don't go uh, too far read. out of the box, yeah. or yeah. you know, it it's a flag." But um, I think God's called us all to be. Um, his children, but in the special way that he made us. And we all have our unique qualities that are out of the box, if you really look at it. And stop and, trying to be cookie-cutter people. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And and in, in a way, it probably takes a lot of us, I'll speak for myself, a while to feel comfortable to grow into who God's made us to be. Yes. Yeah. Um, but real peace and real beauty and real life lies in be and who God called you to be, whatever that looks like. Amen. Amen. And that's always out of the box. Yes. And if we are to emulate Jesus and God, just what you said, you you can't box God in. Every time you think you have (laughs) figured out. There's no fences there. Yeah. Every time you think you have God figured (laughs) out, he's like, nope, that's (laughs) higher. So that's how we are supposed to live our lives. Like I have people tell me, I can never figure you out. I'm like, it's not for you to figure me out. <laughs> you probably that. never will Amen. because we are to continually grow. Yeah. So, Nor do we know ourselves yeah. because each day is a journey of just looking up. We're going to go back and, to Kathy uh, Lee's uh, testimony and then we'll discuss it again. So she was talking about... Uh, you know, she didn't want to be a cookie cutter person. God wants us to sing our song. That's the joy of living. I've been on a mountaintop, but I've learned my deepest lessons from the deserts, for sure. I was married for a short time uh, when I was quite young. It was a huge mistake, tremendously unhappy time in my life. And, and 
I thought I'd never, ever find joy in, in a marriage. I came to New York. While I was in New York, I met a man named Frank Gifford. After a four-year friendship, we fell in love. And from that 29-year-old marriage, I got the two greatest gifts I've ever known in my whole life, my son Cody and my daughter Cassidy. God took something horrible in my life and wove it into something beyond belief beautiful. Other times I was accused of, of, of ugly things that were not true, that I ran sweatshops for God's sake. All I've ever done in my entire life has been an advocate for children. It was a very dark, dark, dark period for me. But you know what happened from that? God put me to work. So what God did was he said, okay, Kathy, it's unjust what you've been accused of. But why don't you get your eyes off you for a minute and look at the unjust conditions around the world. Maybe you didn't cause it, but people are doing that to other human beings and you need to care about it. We got laws changed because I stayed in the fight with God's help and he gave me everything I needed to fight that fight. My husband was unfaithful to me during a brief time in our marriage. It was devastating to me, but I was able to stay in my marriage and have God heal it. And as a result, I've heard from hundreds of thousands of people since then who got courage from that courage to forgive their husbands or their wives, courage to, to, to keep their families together. Not everybody does, but I've heard from hundreds of thousands of people through the years who did. On a beautiful Sunday morning, I found my husband passed on to heaven. The look on my husband's face was this. And from that moment on, I had the peace that passes all understanding. He saw Jesus, and Jesus took his breath away. My son then came and helped me try to revive him. He had the same peace. We've all had it since. We've had our sad moments of missing him. But you, you don't find somebody under those circumstances and find yourself rejoicing even as you're holding your, your, your dead. That's what they are your dead loved one. I was rejoicing. My tears were tears of joy. And I couldn't bear to think about, oh, I lost, woe is me, I'm a widow. No, I'm so grateful that, that, that Frank is exactly where he's supposed to be. My biggest struggle at this point in my life is loneliness. I've lost my parents, my husband is, is gone now, and my children live far away from me. I still live in the same big house where we made a gazillion million memories. And there are times when I am overwhelmed by loneliness. But I've discovered that if I just keep thinking about what I've lost, I don't pay any attention to what I still have. I don't want to live my life in hopelessness. I've been there. That's a town I've been to, hopelessness. I went to some fundraiser years ago, and I felt this tapping on my back. And I turned around, and it was Paul Newman. And he gets down on one knee, and he takes my hand in both of his, and he kisses it. And then he looks up at me with those unbelievable blue eyes. And I went, OK, now I can die. And he sort of had a little trouble getting up, because he was 80 years old at that point. And he goes, Kathy, I'm 80-some years old, and I still have a pulse. And I remember going to sleep that night and saying, you know what, every single day, if I wake up and I have a pulse, I have a purpose. We live in a copycat world. You're supposed to be you, you, you uniquely. That's the first letter of unique, you. 
And that brings a smile to God's face because he didn't make a mistake with you. Life does beat you down. Loss beats you down. Hardship takes its toll. Illness destroys your body. And Jesus said, it's not gonna be easy. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but rejoice, take heart. I have overcome the world. And because I have, I will empower you to overcome your world. My joy is non-negotiable. I tell you, that's the beginning of bliss in life. You understand where your joy comes from, and then you protect it with everything in you. I wanna be purposeful every day in my life, every moment of it. I'm also getting too old to waste it. God is not the enemy of joy. He is the creator of joy. We got a lot. I'm sorry. I don't know why I made me cry. Just the fact that she felt joy and peace when she and her son her. were there and Amen. found, you know, tried to revive Frank mm -hmm. and just the people that reached out to her about her getting her marriage back on track. Because the world judges you for, oh, you took yeah. him back. Oh, I would never take somebody back that cheated on me. The world judged her. Yeah. And I admired her. Amen. Yeah. And still she, do. Because you knew, you know, it would not be easy. Woo. That's right. It yeah. takes a big woman to forgive a man for something like that. Yeah. It takes it really a big does. woman it does. to forgive a man for something like that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, because you can she she loved him. Yes, she she loved him. And undoubtedly it, it, he loved her. You know, but when he had his indiscretion, she was not willing to give up on no, that marriage. She was not. No, she was like, uh-uh, no, we gonna fight for this baby. <laughs> no, you and I ain't divorcing nothing. Nope. Okay. We gonna stay together. Because we got two children. This out. Okay. And we gonna we yeah, we gonna figure this thing out. <laughs> you know, so that when he died, she could look at him with love and say, Rest on, baby. Rest on. Go on up there and dance with Jesus. Yeah. You know, and that's that's where it's at. We got to we got to forgive, y'all. We really do. We have got to forgive. We've got to learn to forgive. It's not for the other person. It's for us. Yes. There's such a beautiful inheritance through Christ and that if we don't forgive, it's like you have gray glasses on and you never see the true beauty of what your life could be if That's you right. stay behind those gray glasses of unforgiveness. That's right. It's one of the most beautiful things I think faith gives you is the ability to forgive. Amen. Mm -hmm. And move forward. Ooh, I loved that. So Thank again, you. that was Kathy mm, Lee Gifford. I am second. second. Uh, the Good News Gals here with me. If you would like to find out about my new show on our sister station, AM560 KLZ, The Angie Austin Show. Uh, it is uh, 5 to 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. If you'd like to partner with our show, advertise with us, support what we do, uh, or get in touch with any of the Good News Gals. We've got real estate agents, uh, beauty if you'd like to be more beautiful, look younger. If you'd like really cool extensions, if you would like a speaker in Beatrice or a, uh, a writing coach or be healthier uh, with Jennifer, I take the supplement that she represents every day. Swear by it. Uh, AngieAustinRadio.com is my uh, website. But please just email me, AngieAustinNews at gmail.com, AngieAustinNews at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We greatly appreciate you. We'll be right back.
All right, I have Melissa. She's an ambassador with ARC. You know I love ARC. I get great deals there, but the money goes back to the community and helps so many people. Melissa, tell me about ARC. ARC is just an amazing foundation who helps people with intellectual disabilities, and it's just amazing. I love working there. I've worked there for almost five years. Well, and I feel like there's a family environment there. Now, when I shop at ARC, we always say shopping with a purpose. So let's say I spend $10 at ARC, but how does it help other people? When you buy stuff at the ARC, it helps people with intellectual disabilities. It helps the community. I like working at the ARC thrift store. It's really fun. So well, I think you have such a fantastic personality. I think one of the best things about ARC are the ambassadors like yourself because I think you guys are the heart of the organization and I find so much positivity and encouragement and I want ARC to come to my house with a truck. What do I call? You call 303-238-JANE. Again, the number is 303-238-JANE. The website is arcthrift.org. Again, it's arcthrift.org. You rock, Melissa. Thank you for coming in to talk to me about art. Hey, friend, Angie Austin here. You know, uh, you may have noticed that a lot of my good news gals have a heart for charity. And uh, we have Michelle here. We have Monique here and also Cindy, my good news gals. And Cindy and I actually met through our charity circle, our nonprofit circle of friends. And I remember being at Arlene's party right there in the middle of her grand ballroom. And the second I met Cindy, we bonded immediately, didn't we? We exchanged we numbers. We did. We exchanged numbers. It was just like an immediate connection. And we just sat, we stood there and talked that whole night. We did. We, we did. exchanged numbers. And yep. then we just picked up a friendship. Yep. And it was almost like we knew each other forever. I know. But what I will say one thing about Angie and I. I think part of the common thread right there was we both come from backgrounds where we started out where we did not have easy, easy routes, so to speak. I say we started way behind the starting line. <laughs> like we knew where the finish line was and we're like, hey, why don't we get to start at the starting line? We're way back here. We can't even see the starting line. <laughs> we had a lot to overcome. And that's given us a heart for others. It's and given a us a heart for each others and for each other. Yes. But I am um, involved in the charity world like Angie is. And... Uh, one of the charities that I have a huge heart for, and it's one of the ones that my husband and I uh, put a lot of our effort and time into and uh, support, is um, Cancer League. And Cancer League, I, I'll just speak from my heart on reasons that I really appreciate this charity and that I feel so drawn to be part of it and support it in a huge way. It's very um, big here in Colorado, very active. We're one of the most active chapters and one of the largest chapters in the country. But 100% um, of the uh, money that comes into Cancer League goes back into research. All volunteers. 100%. 100%. And you don't hear that very often. Yeah, there's no, like, secretary's friends, brother's sister who's on the payroll. There's no, you know, it is 100%. And with that said, every single person that is involved in the charity event is a volunteer, obviously, and we all donate from our hearts. And it's one of, I mean, if you are wanting to attend a fun charity and become involved with a really vibrant, um, involved, active group of people, um, Cancer League of Colorado is just amazing. Uh, we're having uh, an event coming up called the Hope Ball, oh, which is something that, that haps, happens every year. And this one this year is going to be May 12th. And I do know that there are still um, individual tickets available as well as sponsorships. 
Excellent. So that's the Hope Bowl, and it's on May 12th. May 12th here in Denver at the Hyatt Regency at the DTC. And uh, it's really going to be a fun event. And there's always amazing things to purchase all the way. They, they do a whole wine bar. There are amazing things like, oh, Dan Sharp is so generous. He always offers a really fun fur or something that I always have my eye on. And um, there's uh, ju famous jewelry designers, and they, they donate their jewelry. Uh, what else the do we have? are always really fabulous. And, oh, and, and Ava, Ava, Ava Mock. Uh, their paintings are just amazing. Oh, yeah. And I remember that the, from a couple the, years ago. The, yeah. The, the, the theme this year is called All That Jazz. And um, this year, Eva Mock is donating a big painting that is uh, jazz, and they're they're world-renowned artists. Yeah, their 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 work I mean, is amazing. Is amazing. Okay, so Cancer League of Colorado, Cancer League of Colorado. Uh, you can go to the website at cancerleague.org if you want more information on the Hope Ball, May 12th. And also, if you've been touched by cancer or someone you love, uh, my 38-year-old cousin died last summer of cancer. He's a, he was a firefighter, and then uh, another firefighter in that area just died of cancer, and both of them had two young children. And so Cancer League of Colorado, if you'd like to get involved or go to the Hope Ball, May 12th, that's cancerleague.org. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.